You're listening to episode 242, and today we're having a very raw and honest conversation around what makes marriage feel so hard, especially in the stage of raising kids, and the hard truths around what we need to do to make it work. Take a listen. Hey everyone, welcome to Same Boat Huddle. Okay, I have a confession. I just recorded this entire episode and my microphone wasn't hooked up and the audio is so bad. I, I just, I think I have to do it again. I usually am in the camp of done is better than perfect, but I feel like it's an important message and um, I would not want to hear it in the sound that quality that is first recorded. So I am trusting that I need to record this again and I know, you know, I'm unscripted, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So what I want to talk about today is marriage. Um, you know, I'm in the stage that we have an eight and nine year old, almost 10 year old. And, uh, most of my friends and clients, like the people I, who are in my life are in about the same life stage, you know, kids, maybe a little younger, maybe a little bit older, all in it though, when you're married and we're talking about heterosexual relationships, cause I can't speak to anything but that. It is hard and we are either the role of our job, even if that's mother, and we are role of mom and dad, and we are also husband and wife. And um, it's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to juggle because we bring a lot to the table, like a lot of our own stuff. And I think a lot of the breakdown in marriages is around not seeing what we're bringing to the table and how it's like what we need to own and what isn't actually about the kids or actually about our spouse or whatever it might be. Um, and I also just want to preface this conversation with, I, I'm in a, in a marriage like Dustin and I, a lot of people have said like, we're their couple goals. Um, you know, people admire and like think we're just the sweetest couple. And, and I mean, we do have to say like, we're very in love. We've been for 17, 18 years now, like we're very, very fortunate to have such a wonderful connection, but this isn't all just like happens by, it's not happenstance. Like we work really hard on ourselves individually and we bring it to the table as a couple. And we sometimes wonder, like, I wonder what it would be like for people to be inside of our marriage to see how much we talk. I am telling you almost daily, we have discussions as a couple around communicating or curiosity around like, you know, how can we be better? Or, you know, why did this happen with this couple? Or, um, you know, do we have all our cards on the table? Is there anything we need to talk about? Like it's almost ad nauseum, you know? So what I want to share with that is it's hard work and I don't know what creates a successful marriage. I think people try and find that like one tip, like if you do this, you'll be together forever. And I kind of think that's just bullshit. I think there's a lot of variables that come in to play to a successful marriage and it's important to recognize those things. And I think sometimes marriages just aren't meant to last. I am not someone that can speak to that. I've never been in that position, but I, I know people who have been. And I think that it's really important to recognize that it's okay if you um, reach a point of like, we have exhausted this relationship and we have to move on and nobody in your life or in your world can tell you otherwise nobody can say that you haven't done enough or you need to do more or that you are right or wrong um so what i want to talk about today is just a couple things that 
I have thought about around what can help support a relationship. So if you're listening to this just in a space, maybe you're feeling exhausted or I feel like my husband doesn't do enough. Um, I feel like I'm always nagging him. Maybe if you're a man listening, you're thinking my wife is always nagging me. She always makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like that's kind of the general conversation. So here are just a couple anchor points that I've thought of. And and these this can be a very dense conversation. To fit it into a short podcast episode is quite frankly ridiculous. And I can't believe I'm trying to do it. But I think it's an important conversation to put out there. I want you to leave feeling inspired or have a new perspective and or just feeling validated. Like, okay, we're like nothing's wrong with us. This is something everybody goes through, even Dustin and Aaron or like even the couple that we have on the pedestal. And it just requires work from both ends to get to where we want to be and how we want to feel. And there is a spectrum and there are highs and lows. Okay. It's, it's just like, we can't be happy forever. Like we can strive to feel happy in general, but you're going to have days that feel hard. You're going to have days that feel sad. You're going to have stages of life that feel not so great. Okay. And that happens with marriages too, especially when you're married for decades or, you know, five years, 10 years, 15, 20, like the longer you're together, the deeper the stuff goes, right? Okay. So number one, it's really important to acknowledge that as a culture and a society, we've raised women to be a certain way as mothers and wives. And we've raised men to be a certain way as husbands and fathers. Women have been raised to be full-blown nurturers and take care of everything and do it all. This is a general statement. There are some families who are have role reversals and there's exceptions to this, of course, but I'm just speaking in general. Okay. And then we have men who are raised to just think about yourself, excel in your career, take care of your family via money, not emotion, and uh, nor house chores. Just do the man stuff like mow the lawn, right? And you're good. Okay. And that creates a lot of the breakdown because women cannot do it all. And they're feeling like, how did this happen? Like, didn't we choose to have kids together? Like, how do you not even know who their doctor is? Or like, have you ever even gotten an email from the school? You know? So with that, so it's just important to acknowledge that it just is right that we can't be mad at our culture, our society. It just is the way it is. Okay, period. And we get to decide inside of our core, inside of our marriage with our person, do we want this household to continue to follow those roles or do we want to work together and get really messy and unsexy and unpacking this and making it feel better for both of us? It has to be a, a team decision. Okay. Something else with this thought that I really want you to think about is that there's, there's a lot and I've even uh, caught myself saying this, whether it's about my own husband or like anybody's in general is there's like this stigma and stereotype. I don't know if those are the right words, but this just a notion that our men don't know how to do anything because their moms didn't teach them. They coddled them. They coddled the boys. So they don't know how to do their laundry. They don't know how to wipe their butts. They don't know how to clean the toilet. They don't know how to, you know, and it, it begs me to question, like, is it mom's fault? Is everything mom's fault? (laughs) Like, so we're responsible for that too. Dad had no responsibility in that, really. So I want us to really like dig into that. Like if that's something you really sit with and you're like mad at your mother-in-law for that, I want you to ask yourself, what role did your father-in-law play? And this is not a conversation of let's be mad at in-laws, not at all. It's just broadening the perspective a little bit of what is this really? Like, are we continuing to feed and perpetuate the cycle of putting the responsibility of the world on mom? 
Or do we need to also look at dad didn't take on the role of taking care of the household or the kids either. So my husband didn't get that modeled. He doesn't know what that looks like. So why would he do it? It's not just mom's fault, okay? It's just simply how we've been bred as a culture and a society. And we get to decide if we want to change it inside of our homes. We can't just point fingers and blame other people and other things and just sit in that space. You're going to get nowhere. Just accept it for what it is. Be mad about it for a minute if you need to. And then take action. Use your anger. Use your frustration. For it's, There's so much energy and anger and frustration. Use it to create action that creates change that you want instead of stewing in it, right? So number two, it's really important that both of you, both you, both the, the, the spouse, is aware of what their triggers are, what their wounding is, and what their traumas are. So for example, say your husband has been, I'm going to talk about husbands because I think most women listen to this podcast. Say your husband is, um, gets home from work and he immediately loses his shit on the kids. Like the kids are, there's, they're high energy, overstimulating and dad yells as a wife. You're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I sit here all day long holding my stuff together. And when you get home, all I want is for you to hold some of that so I can get a breather. But instead of you being able to handle the kids and hold your stuff together, you're flipping out at them, right? So it turns into this, like, like I'm not going to let you yell at my kids. Like you can't, it turns into this argument. It's recognizing for the man to have this realization of I had a really hard day at work. My worth was pushed. I'm worried about finances right now. And the way I was raised was dad yelled, sent us to our room, and we weren't allowed to cry in front of him. We weren't, you know, kids are meant to be seen, not heard. And that's what I have been raised with. So when they're loud, when I get home, I'm responding from that place. It has nothing to do. I'm not even thinking about that my wife has held her stuff together all day long. And that when I come home, she's hoping I can help carry the weight and support the kids' emotions. (laughs) He's not thinking about that. That's not even crossing his mind. So he needs to be able to recognize like, okay, this, this is hard for me and this is why. And then we need to be able to communicate you yelling at them is hard for me and this is why right? Because now your stuff is going to be triggered of like, because you can't do that. I feel like you don't value me as in everything I do as a mom and a wife. And you don't see all that I do. And you don't, you don't care about me to give me like a safe moment of time that I can be by myself and know that the kids needs are taken care of and you don't care about me, right? So this is where there's a huge breakdown and it comes down to what are your triggers? What are your wounds? How were you raised? Where is this coming from? But you have to do that work for yourself, both husband and wife. Then you need to be able to share it with each other. You have to be able to bring it to the table and share it collectively so that you, like, so when, when you see your husband yell in this scenario, you can say, honey, I know it's, I'm guessing today was really tough at work. I also had a tough day and I'm wondering how we can both support each other. So neither of us are yelling at the kids because I feel like what they need right now are parents who can like emotionally meet their needs. We can agree on. And like if we don't agree on how to discipline or how to respond to the kids in this situation, let's let's table this. Can we talk about it tomorrow night? Like once the kids are asleep, let's sit down and talk about how, how we both want to, how can we meet in the middle of how we approach the kids? Right. And so you can have this, this is part of the communication. So that's the, the fourth point because I skipped the third and I'll come back to it. The fourth point is you want to be able to communicate and you want to communicate through iMessages, reflective listening, and you want to take accountability to be able to say, 
oh my gosh, I'm flipping out right now because I don't have the bandwidth because I, I don't even know what it's like to be able to have patience with kids because I just wasn't taught it. And I'm so overstimulated for my day. Like either of you could say this, right? So overstimulated for my day. And I, all I, I just, I, I can't, I don't have anything left. And I feel like I'm such a bad mom because of that. And that's my big trigger and I need support and help. So it's being able to take accountability through your communication and or through communication, being able to take accountability, however you want to say it. I messages are being able to say, so we'll keep the same scenario. I feel really frustrated when I have been home with the kids all day or, or, you know, I've been taking care of the kids most of the day or like whatever. And when, because, and then when you come home, it takes nothing for you to start yelling at them because I hold it together. And then when you start yelling that quickly, it makes me feel like completely invalidated and unappreciated for how hard it is to keep myself together all day. And, and when you come home, I want you to be able to like co-parent with me. (laughs) And I feel like I can't rely on you and it just becomes extra work for me is what it feels like to be able to like protect them from your yelling, but I'm exhausted too. So that's iMessages. See how you owned all that. You're not saying like, you made me mad. You make me frustrated. This is your fault. You're a bad dad or whatever type of messaging we're delivering in our our language. Instead, it's saying like, I, 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 this is about me. This is about my feelings and what is triggering me. And because of that, the other person who's listening isn't going to be as as like defensive. They don't need to defend themselves because you're not delivering a message that's about them. It is, but it's not. It's about it's about you. So in response, we want to reflect back what we heard. So this is it's, it's like mirroring back what you heard. So I'm hearing that you're really tired and that when I come home and immediately yell at the kids, it's exhausting you even more. And then I can say, "Yes. Yes, you understood me. Oh, I love you." <laughs> you get it, right? We begin to feel validated. And then that person can be like, I, and whatever, I don't know, I could go back and forth. This could be a whole podcast in and of itself. So it's really important to have that back and forth. Here's the catch. You both have to be participants in this marriage and in parenting. And that's where I see a lot of the fall. And and I'm just going to put it out there. Usually it's the guy, not always, but usually the husband is the one who's like, I am who I am and I'm fine and I'm, I don't have anything to fix or whatever it might be. I'm watching my neighbor stand. The sun is out and he's literally outside with his head, his face to the sun. And I just want to be like, good job getting your, your vitamin D. It's been cloudy in Pennsylvania for a long time. Um, good for him. Go out there and get your sun. So anyway, you want to use that reflective listening so that you can have that back and forth and both of you need to to be involved you both have to be involved and so what i was saying is how i feel like a lot of men it's just like this is who i am this is how i am and you have to do the work which goes back to that i did an episode 228 about all the personal development work seems to fall onto the woman like you need to fix yourself i'm good right so you can listen to that one because that's that conversation but this is and that's part of the vulnerability this is part of taking the accountability for our own stuff and being like this is for me. So the third point that I had made a note on was listen to hear, don't listen to respond. So you know how when you're in a heated emotional conversation and you 
you want to, you hear what the person's saying, but you're immediately beginning to defend yourself. So you're, that's when you're listening to respond. Listening to hear is when you want to listen to reflect back. Like, what am I hearing? What am I really hearing from this person? And that's going to support that reflective listening and just feeling held and validated by your partner. And what happens is it creates this cycle of feeling validated, feeling safe to share what you're feeling, feeling like it's received by the other person. And it creates this loop of really productive and effective communication. It's not always without emotion or hurt feelings or needing to take a break. Like I'm not saying it's this beautiful, like kumbaya. It can, it can feel really good, but more than not, like there, there are tough emotions involved. So it's going to feel a little harder. Um, so yeah. And I did, gosh, in the other episode, I shared an example of um, a reality show and I'm just sitting here thinking like, do I want to get into that? Cause it's already a 15 minutes. I feel like you get the point. And you know, the example that I, I had used a show that we had watched last night, it just showed the pattern of wife was upset, very obviously upset. Man did not, husband did not pick up on it because he's not they're not bred to be empathetic or emotionally connected. So he missed the cues. She also missed an opportunity to just straight out communicate right there. So then there's like this perpetuating cycle where she got more and more upset about the thing and then became like it turned into silent treatment. And then when he's like, oh, are you mad? Do you want to talk about it? No, I'm fine. What do you want to talk about? Right. The passive aggressiveness comes in. So I really, really, and that's a cycle a lot of us fall into. It's like, how did you not know I was mad? Why did you still treat me that way? And like, if you want to continue that cycle, go for it. It's, it's the path of least resistance. I get it. I've been there too. My husband's been there too. But there's something really beautiful and having the vulnerability to communicate. And it's like, you have to do it scared. You have to, like in that moment, the the husband needs to learn to pick up the the cues and be emotionally attached to his wife at all times. Men, I am telling you, if you can turn on that switch in your brain and really practice, because my husband's gotten there, that man, my man, he knows immediately if I am off and he asks me. And because we've cultivated safety in our relationship, when he's able to be emotionally in touch with my emotions and can ask me that question, I feel safe to not safe enough to, to communicate messy and be like, yeah, I am upset right now. And here's why. And I use my eye messages and he reflects and then he uses eye messages and then I reflect. He's much better at reflecting than I am, even though I taught it to him. <laughs> so I'll just say that. So we can break the cycle if we want to, but no, we have to take accountability. You listening as a woman, if, if you're a woman, you have to notice like, when am I being passive aggressive? When, when am I being emotionally immature by using the silent treatment and essentially perpetuating the thing that upsets me the most, right? And that's, it, it, it takes a lot to admit the fault, to be like, yeah, I'm, 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 I am adding to this by, by doing this or being like this. But then the, the husband, you need to step up too and be like, I see where I am lacking and where I need to step in. And it's when you have, so like in all of this, be a team. I think so often it's like, we're kind of like in the Super Bowl, and like, I'm the Eagles and you're the Chiefs, right? And we're going at it. Like we both have the same goal. We both want the same trophy, but we're like fighting against each other to get it, right? Focus like you are the team. Be be just the Eagles, <laughs> just be one team and be like, we have the same goal and, and we could get there if we work together. And when we go out there and have a crap play and one of us mess up, messes up and like fumbles the ball and like did it wrong. 
let's find forgiveness and compassion and know like we have to come back together for each other. And because if we don't, we're going to lose, right? So I can't emphasize enough. And I see this so often in so many people that there isn't a team mindset. It is one against the other. And, and here's the thing. Again, you both have to have the team mindset. You both have to be in it together. This is not a one-sided job. This is not for you as a woman to listen to and be like, okay, I need to make some changes. You need to share this episode with your husband and be like, I want you to listen to this because this is really important to me. And then on Friday night, after the kids are asleep, can we sit down and dissect this and see how, like, what, what did this do for us? What did you get out of it? What did I get out of it? How can we grow together? That's, that is part of being a team. Okay. All right. I'm going to stop there. Curious to know how different the messages are. <laughs> One with bad sound quality, one with good sound quality. This is the one you get. Okay, I have free consultation calls in March. A couple people already took the slots. I am going to have the link in the show notes. So you can go there or just email me, Aaron at AaronJoyceCo.com to get my uh, to link. You just sign up. It's a free consultation. Just chat about this is where I am. This is, you know, how could coaching support me? Is that something I want to do? No strings attached, just a call. Um, go to my website, erinjoysco.com. Get onto my email list. My emails are so fun. They're only on Fridays. About 5% of it is work stuff. The rest is just fun stuff um, that I like to share. And uh, so you can go to erinjoysco.com, the the homepage. There's a subscribe section at the top for email or go to the resources section. So the top uh, menu, go to resources and under that is freebies. And I have a bunch of free stuff that you could grab. Um, Yeah. So just go there, take a look. If you get one of those, that'll also put you on the email list. Um, it's just a fun way to stay in touch. You get to see a lot of my photography in my email, books I'm reading, um, fun accounts to follow, uh, things that I bought that I love and want to share with you for no affiliation either. I just share it because I love it. Um, and follow me on Instagram at Aaron Joyce Co. underscore. I've been active on there. I really love connecting with everyone on there again. It's been really fun to be back rebuilding my my business page. Um, so I hope to see you there. I think that's all. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And I will talk to you next week.